Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. I'm Hope. And today we're going to be discussing some pretty infamous comments that J.K. Rowling made and uh, go through that response and kind of explain explain what people are finding problematic about it, I guess, and mm-hmm. why people are saying that she's transphobic. Mm-hmm. And this is, we should just get this out of the way right now, but what does Harry Potter mean to you? <laughs> We should get this out of the way, actually. Okay, so <laughs> so it was funny. I was thinking about this today, and I was like, it's really weird. People with, like, a double-letter name seem to be letting me down. Because we have <laughs> Louis C.K., who was, you know, harassing women. Uh, and, you know, and that was a while back. And then we have J.K. Rowling, who is basically making me feel like reading Harry Potter is going to be betraying a community that I love, you know? Um, And the thing is, no one's, no one's telling me that by the way, just just Mm -hmm. so everyone knows, like no one's telling me like, Oh, JK Rowling is like Satan and blah, 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 blah. It's just literally her comments make me feel bad about reading her writing because I know how much it's meant to so many people. So I, I got, uh, the first Harry Potter book for Christmas when I was, I think I was about to turn 11, actually. I think it was really like that kind of timing or I had just turned 11. I can't remember which one, but I was the same age as Harry was. Um, I think it was actually a gift that was given to me and my sister, but I know I got to read it first, you know, because I got my hands on it first. That's the most important part. <laughs> I just had to throw that in because I know that Monica listens to this. So, you know, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. it belongs to both of us. I still have it. Half of it's yours. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was given to us by uh, a great aunt, uh, great aunt Millie. And uh, she basically had gone into a bookstore and said, like, what's going to be like the next big thing? And this was at a point where people hadn't really heard of Harry Potter. But the people oh. at the bookstore were like, this is it. This really is it. And so, yeah. And so I got it and I loved it. And like, and I was part of that age group where we got to be the same age as Harry Potter every year when the books came out up until about, I think, 17. And then it was like, I think it, or, or sorry, about, up until about 15. And then it ended like when I was 19. So throughout yeah. like my whole, that whole decade, I had Harry Potter as a companion. Uh, the characters were the same age, uh, you know, so it was very... It was very relatable in a way that I might think a lot of people find it relatable, but I just always felt like my age group had it really, really special because we lined up. Uh, but yeah. really the thing that I got out of it, which I think everyone else did was like, it's okay to be different <laughs> and it's okay to not feel okay in the world that you're in and that there's other people like you and that someday you're going to find them and it's going to be better. Spoilers, by the way, if you haven't read Harry Potter, I'm going to talk about the end of the seventh book. So, okay. Okay. I love Ron and Hermione's relationship so much. (laughs) That's one of my favorite parts. I think Ron might be my favorite character. Like Ron and Hermione are both my favorites because. So I didn't read Harry Potter as a kid. We just didn't get into it for whatever reason. And also my second grade teacher would read it to us out loud. But my ADHD ass, especially in elementary school, was not paying attention. It didn't. That wasn't enough to hold my attention. I was daydreaming, thinking about other stuff. So it was read to me, but I didn't retain any of it. (laughs) And I also, but like my uncle Ron used to take us to go and see the movie. So I like knew what was going on. Um, 
and I assumed that I belonged at Hogwarts because everything there begins with an H. So like Harry, Hagrid, Hogwarts, Hermione, Hufflepuff, <laughs> you know, everything was H related. So I was like, yeah. oh, obviously I belong there. <laughs> um, but what got me into Harry Potter, like I remember going to a swim meet one time and everybody had like the last book and they were all reading it over the summer. And I was like, you guys, can you please hang out with me? Like this is, it's a book, like calm down. But what got me to read Harry Potter finally was when I got to college in the year of our Lord, 2011. And (laughs) everybody talked about Harry Potter still. And the last book had come out like three or four years prior. And I was like, are we still on Harry Potter? Are you serious? But then my FOMO kicked in and I was like, I want to know what the hype is about. (laughs) So (laughs) summer after my freshman year, I read all of Harry Potter and I got to read it when we were vacationing in Ireland, which was really interesting because I was like in the British countryside reading about uh, Harry Potter and like British stuff and drinking tea and shit. Also, I find whenever I'm reading Harry Potter, I have to have tea next to me because they're always talking about like eating and drinking very British stuff. So I'm like, "Mm, I'm going to have a cup of tea while I read Harry (laughs) Potter. But I think so I'm. Or a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Uh, I'm a few (laughs) years younger than you. Also, Ron's always eating, and I can relate to that very heavily. Um, (laughs) So I'm a few years younger than you. So I think by the time, like, what it meant for us is that everybody, like, what all the Gen Z years are saying about us, everybody identifies with their house, and that's how they open their, like, like we were talking about the last episode with Brendan Reed. It's like, I'm Hope. I'm a Hufflepuff slash rising Gryffindor. I'm an ENFJ. And a Virgo, and this is my blood type, and blah 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 blah. I don't actually know my blood type, but um, and I've been. This is a, another um podcast we could talk about, but just recently I've been thinking about how I'm not trying to put myself in a box, so I'm trying to not like think about what Harry Potter house I is because I don't want to like yeah myself. But I think it for a long time, like in what I call the emotional puberty that you go through as an adult after your hormonal puberty that you go through as a teenager, like it just kind of helps you refine who you want to be and who you want to be seen as. And then also coming from going to school for writing, I started as a fiction major. I ended up being a nonfiction major, but I started going to school to write fiction And then I got to read Harry Potter while I was in the middle of that. And I really like her writing, which is really unfortunate. She's a really good writer, which makes me so upset. And like, so whenever I got hard into Harry Potter that summer, so like that was the summer. I'd also just signed up for Tumblr, which was in 2012, like covered in Harry Potter, Doctor Who, Supernatural, Loki was everywhere but so I was looking at Harry Potter stuff and that was whenever Emma Watson was filming when she got her pixie cut and then I got a pixie cut because I was like that was amazing I want to do that so there was that and then um yep I had a thought I had one and so like I was watching all these like YouTube interviews with her and stuff and she says really inspirational stuff as like a very formidable 20 year old was really interesting to hear and to like hear a grown up talk about when she talks about how she got this idea on a train and she was a single mom and her life was falling apart and she just started writing stuff down. And then all of a sudden there's Harry Potter world and universal. You know what I mean? Like she Mm -hmm. had an idea, she wrote it down. 
she like made it happen and then now we all have she got rejected hours. a bunch of times too and like you know and kept Wait. at it and all that like it's a real like it's a great success story it really yeah. is which by the way getting turned down nine times is nothing you like oh, it was nine people- times yeah that's oh, it i did like, oh fuck people need to get people get turned down hundreds of times like nine times is not about it i thought it was like 150 no oh my god my mom told me oh my god that's funny my mom because so my mom also like for like her whole adult life would write things and stuff and like i think she told me me that jk rowling had been turned down a bunch of times but i was like i'm sorry like (laughs) hearing that is is surprising because i yeah i my dad has a bunch of books. My dad has like four books that he's published. And I told him when I was getting into this, I was like, he could, she got rejected nine times for her party. He goes, nine? That's it? That's nothing. That's not an accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, dad. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Yep. So, so she was in poverty for a while. And she's talked about the benefits of having, I think, a more socialized government because she was like when i had nothing my government supported me mm-hmm. and like let me allowed me to survive which i'm like wow that's so progressive like that's so great and it it, it doesn't make sense yeah. in my head to go from a narrative of being a rock bottom single mom to now an entitled turf lady like how, how did yeah. we get there, J.K. Rowling? What happened? Yeah. How did we this get there? This is the there? first well, person. She, she attempts to tell us in this essay, but we'll see. She's also the first person that was a billionaire that stopped being a billionaire because she gave enough of her money away. That's the billionaire dream. That's what we all talk about. With So... And by the way, listeners, like we're not going through all of this to to praise J.K. Rowling and say that her other actions are excusable. We're saying that we feel betrayed because we did not expect this from her. Like that's why she's getting such a such an emotional response from our generation. I think is that so many of us looked up to her, and then she came out with this stuff. So it's frustrating. <laughs> I'm trying not to say um and like as much, and it's very difficult. Well, I'm trying not to sniff too much into the camera, but I think I've already failed that a bunch of times. Literally, she made. Also, we're going to talk about things that happened in the books. If you haven't read the books, they've been out for 20 years. Like that's not my fault. Um, Lupin, the werewolf professor character, his whole plight with being a werewolf and how it's stigmatized was literally based on people who mm-hmm. had AIDS. Because this was written in the 90s. Like, she was making a social commentary about how people with AIDS are seen and, like, how it's their fault. Mm -hmm. And, like, they should be ashamed of it. And Lupin could not help it. Like, he didn't agree to... I have so many feelings. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Let me... Okay. 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 Let's let's back up (laughs) just for a sec here. Let's back up. Um, I want to address what we're talking about because I think we started out with this idea that everyone knows this issue but let's 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 go back let's go back a little bit let's talk about what we're talking about so so jk ruling and i'm gonna i'm gonna read some excerpts from her i have her whole essay that she did about this in front of me uh but i want to let all of you know what we're actually talking about and what kind of spurred all of this um so 
So here is, here's kind of the first, I think, the first tweet that uh, she allegedly got quote unquote canceled for. And we'll, we can talk about cancel culture a little bit later, but whatever. Um, Cause like some of it's valid, but it's, she's, what she's talking about isn't cancel culture. It's people deciding not to support her because of her views. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this tweet and like on the face of it, it probably doesn't seem like it's that bad, but when you read it again and actually let it sink in, it is. So it says, Dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who will have you, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. Hashtag I stand with Maya. Hashtag this is not a drill. Um, so on the face of that, that doesn't seem that inflammatory. Um, but <laughs> sleep with <laughs> but it's, whoever will have you? Uh-huh. And I'll also consenting adults. Which, which, why do you need to put that in there? You would, would you say that to every single person? Cause I don't see you making sure that all cis people know that they should be sleeping with consenting adults. So what, why, why? Like and also tone. being, being transgender, like that's about your gender expression and identity. That is not about who you're sleeping with. That is sexuality. Okay. okay. So she's talking so- about a different issue also. And uh, Yeah. So what the crux of what we're getting at today here is that J.K. Rowling in recent years has made um, negative comments towards trans people and claimed that she doesn't believe that trans women are women, which is mm-hmm. not true. That's not what we believe here on this podcast. So if that's what you believe, yeah. please keep listening. Trans women are women, trans men are men, and they should not be yep. left out of a conversation. Non-binary people are whatever they want to be. Um, so to or, the, or whatever um, they are, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like whatever they are. So the term turf refers to mm-hmm. trans exclusionary radical feminist. So somebody who identifies as a feminist but doesn't include trans people in that statement. So that's the crux of what this background of where this podcast came from. Yes. And it, and it should be noted that also uh, the word turf, this isn't a self-applied word. This is a word that it's a descriptor. Um, it's not a slur because hope just <laughs> identified what each word actually, or, or what each letter means. It's not a slur. Mm-hmm. It is a descriptor because they are excluding trans people from their version of feminism. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> they're excluding trans women um, J.K. Rowling does point out in her essay that they don't exclude trans men, but it's like that's kind of beside the point. And why would you put that in there? It's it's just a weird non sequitur. Um, but anyway, so so we have this this tweet that she put out there. Yeah, like you pointed out the whole sleep with any consenting adult who will have you. Like that's gross. That's condescending. That's rude. Um, also, dress however you please. So you realize or, that gender is performative then because you're saying that people are dressing like a different gender. So you realize gender is not just a thing that's static. I don't know. What date is this tweet? Do you have a date on the tweet? Yes, it is December 19th, 2019. Wow. This is so recent. (laughs) Yes. And her, um, and this essay is from uh, June of 2020. Um, But Mm -hmm. so, okay. So like this tweet's been deconstructed a lot, but basically the whole point of it is, it is really condescending and it and it really reinforces some bad assumptions about trans people. There's a lot of uh, internalized and possibly externalized transphobia here as well. Uh, so, and then she ends it with hashtag I stand with Maya and hashtag this is not a drill. Um, when she says I stand with Maya, she is talking about, 
Sorry, a motorcycle just went by. So you said that you were talking about externalized and internalized transphobia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case that got um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so so there's some externalized uh, transphobia as well of the uh, as well as the internalized, it seems. Uh, but the the Maya she's talking about is Maya Forstater, um, and okay, here I'm, I'm just gonna I have I have her essay and then I have some notes on it. Okay. So I'm gonna read what is her. Um, dramatic retelling of <laughs> of what happened to her because it's all very it, some of it's just just inaccurate um, and provably inaccurate. Um, some of it is just it's emotion trying to appeal to you in a disguise of like intelligence and information. Uh, it's it's really just fear, honestly, is what a lot of it is. So she says uh, this isn't an easy piece to write. She put it out on her blog um, anyway, but she says this isn't an easy piece to write for reasons that will shortly become clear, but I know it's time to explain myself on an issue surrounded by toxicity. Like, dude, you added to it. Um, I write this without any desire to add to that toxicity. Um, I, I don't believe that. So that's, I just don't, I'm sorry. Uh, for people who don't, I'm oh, sorry, this is still reading from it. For people who don't know, Last December, I tweeted my support for Maya Forstater, a tax specialist who lost her job for what were deemed, quote, transphobic, unquote, tweets. Um, she took her case to an employment tribunal asking the judge to rule on whether the philosophical belief that sex is determined by biology is protected in law. Ju judge Taylor ruled that it wasn't. Okay, this is so reductive. Um, that is... That's not what happened. It's not like she was just, you know, talking to someone and she was like, you know, oh, yeah, like women have uteruses. And then people were like, oh, that's terrible. You must be fired. That's like, that's not what happened. Okay. Okay. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so let's see here. Where is, okay. So I have the tribunal, um, the, what is it? The case ruling. I have the case ruling in front of me. Uh, so I'm going to go to page 25 and there's, and I read through the whole thing and there's a lot of, there's, there's just a lot here. It's 20, it's 26 pages. So I can't read the whole thing, Wow! Uh, but <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of points to it. Um, that tends to be how court documents are. And so you kind of have to like parse through it and figure it out. But basically they're, they're saying she, okay. I can't find it, but that's fine. Okay. All right. So, Okay, so so I did have an article that kind of described in layman's terms uh, what she was doing um, that was upsetting her colleagues. And I will make sure and link it on the website uh, on this blog post because we do put our sources up for all of our episodes. But mm -hmm. basically she was, she was refusing to adhere to calling people by their chosen pronouns, which is something that is supported by the company's policy. Um, <laughs> it is uh, like she was she was uh, she was refusing to call people by their proper pronouns. She was calling people, I believe, by dead names. She was expressing her views in a way that was harmful to people around her, um, emotionally speaking. Yes, Rosie. Uh, what is a dead mm -hmm. name for those who don't know? 
Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, a dead name <laughs> is a name. <laughs> so I, I actually saw this in an article about this uh, situation and, and it said a prior name. But the thing is that the dead name, um, that is what a lot of people, most people that I know in the trans community refer to as the name that they were given when they were born. Um, mm -hmm. So if you're changing your name because you want to affirm the identity you have, um, so a trans man is transitioning and wants to have a name that he feels actually fits him, but he was given the name Ashley at mm -hmm. birth. And even though Ashley used to be a boy's name, it's not really anymore. So he's like, I want a different name. So yeah, that's so, it it's, so you wouldn't you wouldn't call him Ashley. You would call him Steve or whatever he wants to be called. Um, so the actor who is now Elliot Page is credited as Ellen Page in their past performances. So Ellen is now that dead name. Mm -hmm. And not using that is just a kind of a slight to their identity that they're choosing to put out into their chosen space, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And, and, and okay. If, if I can just kind of appeal to anyone who thinks, Oh, well that's silly. Like, why do you have to change your name? All that stuff. Uh, if you had a parent who called you by, a, they gave you a certain nickname and everyone started calling you that nickname and you had some kind of really bad experience with that parent. Um, and you wanted to distance yourself from that and kind of reclaim your identity. And you said, no, I want to be called by my birth name, not by this um, mm -hmm. this nickname that I've been given. Um, and then people refused and they were still calling you by that nickname. That would be horrible to you because you have a bad emotional connection to that name. And so people, I, I okay, and, and this is, I am a cis woman, Hope is a cis woman. We don't have firsthand experience with this. Um, I do, I am working on trying to put something together where we can have um, a discussion of actual genetics and include a cis person and a geneticist, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, <laughs> but sorry, not a cis person, a trans person and a geneticist. <laughs> um, <laughs> And because uh, we already have multiple cis people here, but uh, so I don't have experience with this, but I believe that your dead name for a lot of trans people is associated with a lot of bad experiences, just mm -hmm. because being trans growing up comes with a lot of bad experiences. So I could understand not wanting to have that name anymore and not respecting people's names or not respecting their pronouns is something that has become a... Uh, has become an offense that you can be fired for, or in this case, she actually wasn't fired. She just didn't have her contract renewed and she expected yeah. to. So this woman, Maya Forstater was upset <laughs> about that. Uh, but she said things like trans women are men. Like so, literally like, like to people she was working with stuff that is a hostile work environment mm -hmm. uh, creator. Just, just a positive story mm -hmm. real quick. And in, in, in all of this, I saw a Tumblr story that was like, when I came out to my parents that I was trans, I was afraid of hurting their feelings that I wanted to change my name. And the dad said, your name was the first gift we gave you. You can always return it if it doesn't work for you anymore. And I was like, oh, my feelings. That hurts. Oh, but that's such a great thing. I have to remember that if I ever have a trans kid. No. Okay, I uh, so I'm going to read a little bit from page 25 of this ruling, um, just just to show like this woman isn't being treated unfairly. He's not just uh, dismissing her out of hand. She had a lot of time and opportunity to give her argument, and her argument was not found to be sound, um, mm. and it was because she was disrespecting um, somebody's pronouns. Um, was is what they're talking about before this happens, but. Uh, 
I conclude from this and the totality of the evidence that the claimant is absolutist in her view of sex, and it is a core component of her belief that she will refer to a person by the sex she considered appropriate, even if it violates their dignity and or creates an intimidating, hostile, degrading, humiliating, or offensive environment. The approach is not worthy of respect in a democratic society. Um, so that's... Okay. That's just a little part of it. Um, and there's another, there's a longer paragraph after that that I think is nice to read um, just to let you know kind of what the judge is saying. And I will link that on our page. So What's up? Maya is the one using incorrect pronouns. Yes. And this is a judge ruling against her. Mm -hmm. And yes, J.K. Rowling is supporting supports her. her. Yes. So okay. the J.K. Rowling is saying that this judge did the wrong thing by saying that she, that Maya Forstater did the wrong thing. <laughs> um, and, and I am not dragging J.K. Rowling into this. J.K. Rowling put herself into this. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, so she, she says this. So she's already making it seem like one thing happened when another thing happened. Like this, is this woman had her day to argue and she was told like, no. And also legally by British law, they, they, there is a document where if you have it, you legally are a man, even if you are a trans man. So um, and there's a lot in, of problems with that document, but still. This is Sorry, in the UK. This is in the UK. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, so just to, to let you guys know, sorry, this stuff is happening in the UK. Um, the, the reason we're talking so much about this issue is because I want to talk about why intersectional feminism is important. And I feel like this really illustrates it. So, okay, so let's move on here. Um, so she says later, she says, I've met trans people. <laughs> Great. Um, I mean, even if you didn't know you'd met trans people, you probably had anyway. Um, yeah. And read sundry books. Sundry means several and various kinds. She could have read five books. Okay, come on. Um, <laughs> you're just two. using words people don't know to impress them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can use simple, like s simple words to let everyone know what your point is. And she's she is kind of like trying to be like, oh, I'm smart, have big brain. Um, and th that happens later. Um, <laughs> so I've read sundry books, blogs, and articles by trans people, gender specialists, and intersex people, psychologists, safeguarding experts, social workers, doctors, and followed discourse online and in traditional media, which is interesting because she doesn't give any sources. Okay. This has been up for coming up on a year now, and she has not put any sources linked below. There are no sources written out. Like she occasionally mentions specific people but she doesn't actually back up any of her information and usually when people don't back up information it's because they don't have something that backs it up or they know if you looked into it you would say oh well i'm gonna poke a hole here 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 and here because this wasn't researched well like there were only five participants like etc cetera, etc cetera. okay so like she knows that her sources aren't very good and that's why she's not giving them to us yeah anyway um this one is gonna get you real hot mad I'm already hot. She's some, oh, she supported someone who is so much worse than this, though. Oh, no. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's great. Um, <laughs> so she says, uh, okay, so th then later on, she's she's talking about how she um, she accidentally liked a thing instead of screenshotting it. But the thing is, it wasn't one thing. It was, th th there, there was more than one thing, and her followers were seeing a pattern of her liking things. Um, and I think JK even Rowling. retweeting things. Yeah, J.K. Rowling. Sorry, back to J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah, so J.K. Rowling's followers were seeing a pattern of her liking and retweeting things that were 
exclusionary towards trans people and we're calling her out on it it wasn't one like okay <laughs> like yeah. it was multiple things and they were like oh shit she's reading lots of bad stuff she's getting indoctrinated into this that's so, how so that um yeah this must have been a learning experience in the entertainment industry because that's how the lady who plays gina in or cora mm -hmm. in the mandalorian got fired gina carano that one yeah because mm -hmm. she kept liking conservative, like turfy type stuff. And then yeah. she was asked not to come back for the next um, season. And, and okay, let, let, let me just, let me just in that case and, and kind of in all of these cases, like, yes, I understand. Okay. If all that was happened that, that happened ever was that she liked one tweet and then got fired from something like no, like that is bad okay but investigation does get done into these things um and also like in the case of gina carano like the company has the choice to say like we don't want to employ someone with these values um these are this is most likely a contract kind of job it's not something where you have like it, where you just have a job and they have to give you cause a lot of that is at will so that they can get rid of you if they need to for some reason because a lot of yeah. times that kind of thing happens in Hollywood. Um, so it, it is completely fine if a company doesn't want to employ her. And I find it highly unlikely that it was because of like one like or something like that. Yeah. But anyway. Let's let's keep talking about it because I feel like we're going to circle around to how fans play into now yeah. who gets to keep working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So she says in this, uh, in this essay later, she says months later, I compounded my accidental like crime, um, which like you're, she's, she's saying she's the victim by that. Like, that's what you're implying. You know, she's casting herself as like, oh, I committed a crime by liking one thing. Like, okay, it wasn't yeah. one thing. It was a pattern and no one actually said it was a crime, but people were concerned. Okay, so she says, I com compounded my accidental light crime by following Magdalene Burns on Twitter. Magdalene was an immensely brave young feminist and lesbian who was dying of, a, of an aggressive brain tumor. I followed her because I wanted to contact her directly, which I succeeded in doing. However, as Magdalene was a believer in the importance of biological sex and didn't believe lesbians should be called bigots for not dating trans women with penises, dots were joined in the head of Twitter trans activists and the level of social media abuse increased. So, so I have a note to myself. I have a note to myself that we need to read some of Magdalene Burns' tweets. Okay. Um, yes, this is a woman who has died. I am not speaking ill of her. I am repeating the words that she put online. Okay. Trans so let me uh, with penises. Let me you look don't have that. to put that last part. That last. Mm -hmm. This is an. This is a thing that a lot of a lot of these people keep doing and okay. No one is calling a lesbian, a bigot for not wanting to date a trans woman with a penis. Okay. Or, okay. Not no one. Most people aren't doing that. And if they are, they shouldn't be doing it. That's not what <laughs> the majority of people actually think. What we're saying is if you say, Oh, I am not attracted to trans women. Well, trans women are women. So you are being, 
exclusionary in that way. Okay. Like you, you don't have to say that there's no reason to say it because for most people attraction, when it comes right down to it is on a person to person basis, because like, yeah. you know, you're going to interact with people you're attracted to until you find one who's attracted to you, et cetera, all that stuff. And right. like, if you were not interested in a trans person and you can say that politely in the same politeness that you would say to a cis person, Oh no, I'm not interested that's okay. Okay. But like outright being like, Oh, what? No, I'm going to have to sleep with the woman with the penis. Like, you know, like, no, no, that's not what anyone says. This is a straw man argument because they're saying, they're saying the other side is saying one thing that they're not saying. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, no no one's saying that lesbians have to be with women who have penises. Like no one's saying that straight dudes have to be uh, with no, no one's saying the gay dudes have to be with uh, with uh, men with v- vaginas. Like that's not mm-hmm. what anyone said. Like it still comes down to a consent and a personal uh, feeling about someone. Right. That is how love and relationships work. Okay, <laughs> so um, so we're, I'm going to read two of Magdalene Burns' tweets in, and and I think I'm going to put them in order. I think one of them is maybe slightly less horrifying than the other one. So I guess I'll read that one first from this woman who JK Rowling calls quote, an immensely brave young feminist. So this is immensely brave. Um, So, so when someone tweeted at her, they know I'm a woman, accept me as a woman. I know I'm a woman. I accept myself as a woman, but clearly, you know, what all my friends really believe it couldn't be that you don't actually speak for all women. So when someone tweeted that at her, she tweeted back, they're lying to you. Women are very polite. Literally zero of you pass as women. And she put wait, pass wait. in quotes. Who, who was That's, the first tweet? The, the first tweet was someone else whose name is blocked out um, on the, the oh, okay. screen cap I'm looking at because like, it's just, it, it doesn't matter who that person is. and I don't want them to get any hate or anything. Cause like they're, okay. they're just defending themselves. Um, the, the second person says is Magdalene Burns. And she's the one who's saying literally zero okay. of you pass. So she, she wow. said that, which if you don't hate that enough, she also says this. Okay. And keep in mind this essay that JK Rowling wrote is after these tweets. Okay. So this is, this is not like, she, it's not like she didn't know that this lady was going to go off the edge or something. These tweets are from 2018. <laughs> um, she says, you are fucking blackface actors. You aren't women. <laughs> You're men who get sexual kicks from being treated like women. Fuck you and your dirty fucking perversions. Our oppression isn't a fetish, you pathetic sick fuck. So that's uh, that's a person J.K. Rowling thinks is an immensely brave young feminist. So, mm-hmm. Oh my god. This oh. is why we have to talk about J.K. Rowling in terms of trans rights and transphobia because she's doing this shit, okay? Like, she's bringing it on herself. She is not being bullied for something. She is supporting people who are bullying other people. That's, that's, yeah. That's comparing. Oh, my God. That's just so much information, misinformation Mm -hmm. in one tweet. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, it's horrible. So, anyway, so she, yeah. I've I've surpassed hot matter now. I'm just sad. (laughs) I'm just sad because she's she does seem to be so far gone that she doesn't understand like like she's not going to be able to understand what's wrong with all of this, which is really the unfortunate part. Like imagine um, being somebody who feels like they're in the wrong body reading Harry Potter 
and getting like yeah. so much validation from that from like oh i know love- people who yeah, yeah yeah i know trans people who've gotten a lot of validation from that sorry go on like Luna Lovegood just living her best life and vibing, even though everyone thinks she's a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And Lupin being able to be a werewolf and, you know, being stigmatized all the time. The Weasleys being, you know, purebloods, but also poor. And just, you know, people like Hermione being called mudbloods. Like just all the stigmatization that she writes about and then writes about overcoming it and like how to form oh, and her squibs. identity. Squibs. The squibs. Yes, exactly. Like the, yeah, like how that's why Filch is so angry is because he can't do magic and everyone yes. is mean to him about it. And then now, the person who created this world where you felt validated is completely taking that all away from you. I'm so mm-hmm. sad. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sad right not, now. Not taking that away, but also is trying to turn you into a villain because she she goes on. So so let's let's dive back in because I want to get through this so we can talk about some nice places I and nice resources. <laughs> yeah, I know. So after she like reminds everyone that she has even publicly defended freedom of speech, um, even unto Donald Trump, which is a weird fucking flex. Um, which oh, and by the way, I want to point out a lot of people who go straight to the freedom of speech issue are not doing it for great reasons. Um, I am not saying freedom of speech is not a good thing. I think it is. I think it should be protected. But I think if you're one of those people who's constantly like freedom of speech, it's because you're saying horrible shit. Okay. Like, you know, who else loves freedom of speech? It's that organization. I keep, keep not being able to like not mention it's, um, Oh, Scientology. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they have several Scientology friend groups. I wish you guys could see the video because I was making very salty, sassy faces. But uh, it's yeah, you sound like the kids on the schoolyard, especially in my conservative elementary school, where you say they say something, you're like, you can't say that, and they go, "It's a free country. I could say whatever I want," yeah. and it's like you don't understand what that means. Okay, you're There's, a child. <laughs> freedom of speech and freedom of consequence are two different things. Okay. Right. Yes. Sure. You have freedom of speech. You can say what you want to. You are not free from other people having feelings and you having consequences, especially if you're a person who sells things to people and she does. Okay. You sell stories to people. You sell books. So like, if you want people to buy those books, you can't be saying horrible shit. Oh, and by the way, her newest book, Troubled Blood, we're not even going to talk about it because like it's there's, it's a transphobic mess. There's YouTube videos about it. No, anyway, no. so so moving on. Um, she says also, she brings this up, um, and the way she puts it is so, like, oh, I'm so, so concerned that I just, I don't even want to read it, because it's like, it's, it's either false concern or she truly doesn't understand the issue. Um, but she's, so she's, she's concerned about young women who are wishing to transition, but then also in increasing numbers, they're detransitioning. Um, again, where are your sources for that? Because according to the sources that everyone else is looking at, the detransition rate in the UK, which is what she is talking about, um, according to a fairly recent NHS study, was 0.47% over the course of a year. This was... That's less, that's less it's less than, than 1%. Percent. It's less than half a percent. Like... Yeah, like it's this represents a truly very small number of people. And the thing is, you're also having more people coming out as trans. But but the reason we're having more people coming out as trans and more people detransitioning after they transition as well, being trans is becoming more accepted because people are trying to make it more accepted because they should be able to just, you know, people who are trans should be able to live their lives just like everyone. You know, people who are trans shouldn't feel 
afraid of coming out. And so since people are less afraid of coming out, they have more communities available, more people are going to come out. It's the same thing. Like people thought there was an explosion of gay people once gay people were like kind of allowed to exist. Like, no, it was just people were honest about it. Okay. So now people are being honest. Sorry, people are being honest about being being trans. And so we know about more people. And if more people are allowed to transition, yes, there are going to be some small increases in people detransitioning, but a lot of those are actually related to not getting surgical results that they wanted. Um, so, so it's like, I'm maybe still going to live as a trans person of whatever gender, but my bottom surgery might get reversed because I don't like that. It turns out like, I, I don't want to have also- that. If you look up your gay history between Stonewall and, like, the AIDS and HIV epidemic, a lot of gay people didn't make it to be old. They did not survive because we killed them. Because Reagan killed them. That's very, that's a hot take, but. And speaking of Stonewall. Speaking of Stonewall. So mad. (laughs) Had a lot of, trans people had a lot to do with gay rights. And the thing is, the reason they're getting a lot more attention now is because, like, unfortunately, freedom from oppression tends to come in steps. And it's like, well, okay, I'm not saying every white man has all the privilege. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, so, like, please don't at me with that. Um, (laughs) But white men in general, um, historically, um, in Western countries have had more privilege. And then next in line is white women. And then it's black men and then it's black women. It's like, goes down in like, like, honestly, like that's, that is how historically it has been. That is how feminism has moved on. If you look back in feminism, you see a lot of racism as well. That's why there's mm-hmm. different waves of feminism. It changes. Um, so it changes to become more inclusive. Um, so- anyway, so she doesn't provide any sources to support this because she knows that she is making a mountain out of a molehill here. Like she is saying that this is a huge problem when it's not. So you're a huge problem as it turns out. Yeah. Um, She also goes on later um, to say that the argument of many current trans activists, which I suppose, I mean, I suppose I'm doing some light trans activism with this. Like I suppose we're doing a little bit of that. Um, Apparently, uh, what we are telling people is that if you don't let a gender dysphoric teenager transition, that they will kill themselves. Do you remember telling anyone that? Because I don't. Seriously. Like, where are your sources? Like, I'm I'm very liberal on this subject, as liberal as they come. But <laughs> there there are laws put in place. Like, it's, we're not letting, like, children transition. And in fact, you can't actually get hormones in the UK until you're 16. So, JK Rowling... You're you're making way more. This is really irritating. Anyway, um, so In she's basically word. acting like you know, like 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 we're all saying, oh, you have to let kids transition, or they're going to be suicidal. Well, no, that's not what anyone's saying. What we're saying is they should have resources available to them to talk. And the thing is, when a, when when a a child has parents who are open to that. They will take them to talk to people and most of the services that they're getting are counseling services. Like most of what it is is counseling. Um, there might be some puberty blockers, but those are fully reversible. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they are. That is scientific fact. Um, so, so really there's going to be nothing done until possibly putting them on hormones at the age of 16 or older with consent that they would do surgically until they're 18. So like, so like really no surgeries happen to, happening until they're 18 medically 
the only thing that would be happening is hormones. And that is when they are 16 or older. So, right. yeah, it's, it frustrates me when I see videos and like videos and articles and all this stuff of conservative people claiming that we're just giving kids check sex changes or we're supporting that. Cause that's not the case anywhere. Um, it's just, yes, it's so hard to think about because I think we've made progress in terms of perceptions and accepting people who aren't cishet. But at the same time, there's not a lot of room for wanting to express yourself over a multitude of time. Like it's, there's this idea and this is true for everybody that Mm -hmm. once you are an adult, that's who you are now and you can't be anything else. Like, I've just been thinking a lot about, like, how... Because, you know, we just got married to each other. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there's this idea that once you become a wife, like, that's that's your title now. And you're just a wife. And then... But I think with marriage, with identity, with careers, you can change over, a, like, many, many years. You can go through very different modes of yourself and, you know, iterations of your capital S self. And our society, I don't think, allows for that. Like, there's a real stigma against changing who you're Mm -hmm. presenting yourself as. And I think that goes along with gender. Or who people assume you should be. Right. Because you can get to an age, like, you can think you're bi your whole life. And you can get to an age and be like, oh, I'm pan. Or, oh, I think I might be more straight now. And so, and that kind of goes along with the idea of, I think there's this notion that, for people who have never had to come out, people who do only have to come out once. And that's not true. You have to yeah. come out your whole life. It is a continuous yeah. process because every time you start a job, every time you go to school, you meet new people, mm-hmm. you bring people into your life. You have to like, you have to tell them. Yeah. So she then goes on to talk about how she might have been, she, she might have wanted to transition if it had been available to her and if it had been trendy when she was a young woman, because, you know, she struggled with severe OCD and she wanted to escape womanhood. And, you know, if I found that community online, then I would definitely want to be, you know, the son that my father said he openly preferred. And some of this is, I'm paraphrasing through like some of this stuff because I don't really want to, I don't really want to read it word for word. Sometimes it's kind of annoying. Um, yeah. I'm looking at that. I'm like, no, you're not trans. And honestly, during that time, like in the 1980s and 90s, like, yes, that was a possibility. So if you had been trans and you had actually wanted to get gender reassignment surgery, which was what it was called then, I believe, um, might have been just called sex change. I don't know. But um, anyway, it's called gender affirming surgery now. If you had wanted to get that, then yes, you could have if you had tried hard enough, if you had actually been a trans person, but you're not. It's not about escaping womanhood. Otherwise, how do you uh the <laughs> escaping womanhood because then how do you explain trans women um and she explains them as predators but we'll go on sorry did you have thoughts i mean obviously but it's just that trans people have been around longer than the internet they've always been yeah. here they've always been a thing they've always been valid people who exist in society they're just being more open now because they would like regular human rights because they are in fact humans just like the rest of us shocking (laughs) well i mean it's 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 gonna get worse before it gets better so Uh, yeah 
get, get buckled in. I, it might have to be because after the end of this bullshit, we're not going to have any time to talk about uh, intersectional feminism. Okay. I really didn't mean to spend an hour talking about this fucking thing, but it irritates me so much. I went through and yeah. like have highlighted portions that I want to <laughs> address because it's irritating. Um, and by the way, I am going to link up a lot of there's like there's videos and articles and stuff I have about actual uh, that <laughs> there are actual trans people who have larger followings than I do, who probably yeah. don't have any time to be on our podcast. And I will link those up <laughs> as well. So I want to like, I, I want to say I'm, I'm don't I don't think I don't think that we're taking any airtime away from anyone else on this situation. I think we're trying to push the situation um, and support well, trans people. Yeah, that's, because that's this women, of, we have to make sure we don't talk too long on it, but be right. supportive. But we have to realize that people are going to listen to us more than they might listen to marginalized mm-hmm. groups. We have a microphone. That's true. It's just our job to make people known about it, but also make sure that we're passing the microphone to people who are having these issues. Or just that's what, uh, um, if anyone hasn't listened to comedian Jackie Cation, she's pretty fantastic, and what she what she has kind of expressed in her comedy that she thinks her job is in life is to be a white lady meat shield to people who uh, (laughs) are oppressed, basically. Like, you know, if if you can be the white lady who throws yourself in and like, you know, tells people stuff and maybe they'll listen to you, then sure, go ahead and do that. But if trans people are in the room and they're talking, don't talk over them. I'm sorry. I just talked over you as well. (laughs) I'm oppressed. Um, it's hard not to when we're so far apart. <laughs> I, I am a competitive interrupter. So, um, but that's what people were saying with the riots last year. Whenever, if you're a white person going to a riot, make sure you stand in physically in front of black people because the police won't do anything to you, but they will do mm-hmm. something to them. That's how you use your privilege is you literally step into the line of fire because you know you're safe. And- and to be honest, if I if I went to a protest, I think so I have kind of like a baby face and I can make it look I can make myself look younger pretty easily, I think. Like I make You're myself look like I'm college not very student. Tall. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm like five two, five three. Um <laughs> yeah. I think I'm five three. Yeah. But I like, I can make myself look like, you know, college student, camp counselor, you know, like that kind of white girl who you don't want to be the cop who's attacking her. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably what I would do if I went to a protest. Yeah. I think you could too. If if you and I had gone to, we didn't, I didn't go to protests and I feel really guilty about it, but it was like, I I didn't go because it was COVID COVID. and I had already been sick. Yeah. And Erie was not doing hot in terms of COVID stuff. So it, and it would have just been you and me, I think, going into, you know, not very big white ladies. <laughs> I just didn't feel I, we should have yeah, gone. It's, but we know now. I, I honestly, like, I really weighed it in my mind, but I didn't go. And it was because of COVID because I was like, yeah. I want to go, but I don't want to feel that way again. And I don't know if you can yeah. get reinfected. Like, at that point, we didn't know. And I was right. like, I felt yeah. so horrible. I can't imagine doing that again. But I did donate. So, did okay, donate let's go back causes, to... So, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, let's go back to J.K. Rowling. We, uh, I do want to go through this, and I know it just seems like it's giving her more airtime, but I also, I do think it's important because, like, this is why I'm not going to buy any more Harry Potter stuff, is because she's going to make money off of that. And I don't want a person who is writing this stuff to be making money off of at least certain Harry Potter stuff that I'll figure out. Well, yeah, if you don't buy something from, yeah. like, a Harry Potter official, but if you buy something off of yeah. Etsy... 
Oh, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, do the go around. Like, you can have things that are <laughs> Harry Potter colored that, you know, if they don't have any official logo, that's totally fine. I'm not saying you can't appreciate the books. I'm not saying I'm not still going to watch the movies this winter because we usually do. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit afterwards. Um, about why I think that's okay. Um, <laughs> we're not, and and we're like, not all good. similar issues. <laughs> we're not all going to make jokes on September 1st. Like we're all not extremely butthurt that we didn't get letters. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right. So, okay. So moving on. So she, yeah. So she talks about how like, oh, maybe I would have tried to become a man. Like, no, you wouldn't have because you're not trans and you're really trivializing uh, the lives and issues that trans men face when you are yeah the plight of trans men so yeah in spite of okay so she she says that she found a community of female writers and musicians who assured me that in spite of everything a sexist world tries to throw at female bodied um at the female bodied um it is fine not to feel pink frilly and compliant inside your own head it's okay to feel confused dark both sexual and non-sexual unsure of what or who you are that is true of anyone why can't it be true of trans people um, and then she says, I want to be clear here. I know a transition will be a solution for some gender dysphoric people, although I'm aware of the extensive research that studies have consistently shown that between 60 to 90% of gender dysphoric teens will grow out of their dysphoria. Okay. She's putting that in there to be like, oh yeah, transitioning is, it's good for some people, but I'll, but most people, they're going to grow out of it. And the thing is like, yeah, okay, sure. There are statistics that show that, but but their age group, as we have talked about, is not getting surgery. Their age group is not getting hormones until they're at least 16. And if they have been getting counseling for years, okay, they are going to need to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria. Okay, people aren't handing out just lots and lots of uh, hormones to young kids. That is not happening. It's what she's implying. And it's really irritating. Then later on, she says, a man who intends to have no surgery and take no hormones can now secure himself a gender recognition certificate, a gender recognition certificate and be a woman in the sight of the law. Many people aren't aware of this. Um, a lot of people in the UK are aware of that. recognition certificate. It makes you sound like okay. a participation trophy. Well, that's not, okay. <laughs> that is what it's called. Oh. <laughs> um, it's Okay, so this is the thing in the UK. <laughs> And the thing is, oh, okay. it is, it's very problematic because like, I, I, I think there's good to it and there's bad to it, but I'm not the best person to speak to that. So what I'm going to say is like, if you want to learn more about that, I would follow, um, there's a user on YouTube, uh, Jamie Rains, who goes by Jamie Dodger. Um, <laughs> it, um, it's uh, he and his fiance. I don't know if they're married yet, but um, fiance, partner, uh, Shaba, they do some videos. He does a lot of videos solo and then uh, they do some together and she has her own channel and um, they talk a lot about um, like she'll talk about um, the perspective of a, of a trans man's partner. Um, they talk about their journey. They answer a lot of like very in-depth questions and stuff like that. And they talk about the gender recognition certificate um, and that it exists in the UK. Um yeah, it's an interesting thing. So definitely it's a thing to learn more about and we'll link up more information on our website. But uh, but basically, like, it does make you a man in the eyes of the law. And, like, if you have that and someone's, you know, using your dead name and, like, calling you by the wrong pronouns, you're in a protected group and they are actually discriminating against you and that is against the law. Um, so, but yes, okay, you can, when she says here that you can get it even if you intend to have no surgery or you intend to take no hormones. That is true. But you have to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria, which 
involves lots of counseling. Okay. So if anyone wanted to, like, if a man is trying to fake that just to get into women's bathrooms, like that's years of counseling and at least two years of living as the gender you identify as. That is a lot of work to fucking harass someone in a bathroom. Okay. Like, why would anyone do that? That's ridiculous. Um, So then she says, uh, she, she goes on to talk about inclusive uh, language and says, I understand why trans activists consider this language to be appropriate and kind, but for those of us who've had degrading slurs spat at us by violent men, it's not neutral, it's hostile and alienating. Mm. So what strikes you as, as weird about that, that she would use that argument? It's, it's just all bad. <laughs> um, uh, who else do you think has been... Had had these degrading slurs spat at them by violent men. Probably trans and LGBTQIA plus people. <laughs> probably. Ew. Oh my god! Like, can you imagine being so wrapped up in your own? Like, yes, she's she has significant pain that is valid, and it is not something to be made fun of. But her taking that pain and then saying, "Because I've felt pain." you don't get to use this language. Um, and yeah. it's not language that is actively hurting her. Like it, it, like it's not, there's not slurs. Like this is literally about inclusive language, like calling uh, people who menstruate, people who menstruate, as opposed to saying just women, because some trans men menstruate as well, you know, like some women don't menstruate, et cetera. So it's literally just inclusive language. It's including uh, more cis women. It's including more trans women, it's mm, this isn't even about anyone calling her anything like it, it's ridiculous yeah um so at the end or not not near the end towards the end holy fuck this is long oh <laughs> god and it's like and a lot of it's just mo- emotional straw man arguments um so and then she says so i want women to be safe at the same time i do want to do not want to make natal girls and less and women less safe so natal girls i guess is a thing that they say is that, to me. Is she trying to say like she's saying biological A-fab, women? Yeah, assigned yeah, female, assigned birth. female yeah. birth. Yeah, uh, but I, like Ugh, it's not. Um, she says when you gross. I know it does sound so disgusting. Uh, she says when you open the doors and bath of bathrooms and changing rooms to any man who believes or feels he's a woman, and as I've said, gender confirmation certificates may now be granted without any need for surgery or hormones. And we've already talked about why like that doesn't matter here. Um, then you open the door to any and all men who wish to come inside. That is the simple truth. No, that is the simplified half-truth. That's the like, bigoted truth, which is actually you're not, a lie. Yeah, you're not telling the truth. And and then she okay, so then she goes on, and I don't want to um I, I don't really want to go through it because like we are talking about a lot of the negative things she said, and I don't wanna talk about her sexual assault and then be an asshole to her. So I'm just going to say like, yes, it is completely valid that she had this experience. Um, if you want to go ahead and read her, her essay, she talks about it. Um, she's very vulnerable and, and it's clear that she's, she's still dealing with a lot of issues from that. Um, and that's understandable, but these issues come from abuse from a cisgendered man. Yeah. That it is not coming from a trans woman. It is from a cisgendered man. Uh, and her, I think, I think she might, I'm sure she was in therapy at some point. Um, I'm looking at this and to me, it looks like she's taking all of her anger 
and pain from this horrible thing that happened to her when she was in an abusive marriage. And she is putting this on trans women and acting like they're predators. And that is obviously what's going to happen. She's not saying like, Oh, this, this really, this could happen maybe slightly like in some percentage. She's saying like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, and then she goes on to say, like, oh, I love trans people, though, and I have a trans friend, um, but mm-hmm. oh, but I'm being constantly targeted. And then at the end, she says, all I'm asking for, all I want is for similar empathy, similar understanding to be extended to the many millions of women whose sole crime is wanting their concerns to be heard without receiving threats and abuse. Okay, well, okay, while well, that statement is true, if you're being <laughs> a bigot and your opinions are at the detriment of a whole community of people mm-hmm. that doesn't you don't get that support i'm sorry like you yeah and, you and also <sighs> go ahead i want to give you a chance to grow and to change your opinions and to try to get you to listen to other people's perspectives but right now where you're standing no you don't get that like that yeah and that's the thing is the thing is people have <sighs> Like, uh, so one of the videos that I'll link up, um, is, is basically they did like a kind of a better version of, of what I'm trying to do is <laughs> go through there and, and do, and they look at all of her arguments and they have really amazing cited sources. I actually, one of my like sources is just going to be their source page and their video. Like you have to go watch it. It's amazing. Um, because they literally go through every single thing, but they also go through the whole thing being sensitive to her and kind and not calling her names and not being mean to her. So like for all of the people out there who I'm sure have, uh, thrown a lot of hate her way. Um, I mean, first of all, JK, you have a giant platform. Um, you are making people believe that it is okay for them to be transphobic with your transphobia. And the way that this kind of stuff works is you'll use like somebody's words to say, Oh, it's okay to do this. And you might go a little bit further and then a little bit further, you know, like it's, it's an incremental thing. That's why people are so worried about the likes and stuff like that. Um, People understand how this stuff grows and yeah, ultimately the arguments she's making here, like the the big one is uh, like the big two that I see are about like, Oh, if transitioning was as trendy, I might've wanted to be a trans man. Um, and that's, you know, it's dangerous to have people transitioning early because then they might want to detransition. And the thing is like, well, that's been debunked less than half a percent. So it's, you know, that's really not happening. And also she's using, I don't know. I, I think her whole argument, like, Oh, maybe I would have wanted to be a man. Like that's, saying you want to escape sexism by becoming a trans person is it shows to me that you do not understand the level of anger people level at sorry, I just use level as two different words in one sentence. Um, <laughs> it shows to me you don't understand the level of anger people throw at trans people just for existing, just for walking down the street. Um, like Eddie Izzard is a transgender comedian and she talks about this, about how she'll just turn around and be like, like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a dress and I look like a dude, <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then they don't know what to do because of course this isn't the kind of thing you do to people in public, but, but yeah, right. Uh, trans people have to deal with this kind of stuff all the time and saying that you would want to become a man to escape it is really short-sighted and it's just a bad faith argument because you must understand that trans women face these issues 
Um, so that doesn't work. And then also like just equating trans women with predators, uh, because as many people have pointed out, um, and Samantha Lux points this out, um, I believe Jamie Reigns points this out in his video as well. Like it's already illegal to go into a bathroom and assault someone. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. already illegal for that stuff to happen. Um, if anyone did it and cis women are capable of attacking cis women as well. Okay. Like if that happened, that would be illegal. It's already illegal. And there is also already nothing actually put in place, um, physically most places to stop a man from just walking into a bathroom and assaulting someone. So what you're right. saying is like, Oh, it's going to be easier for them if they look like women. Like, well, if they're dressing up as women to get close to women and attack them, well, then they're not trans women. So you're not worried about trans women. You're worried about cis men. Um, so this, yeah, the whole thing is very, it's very frustrating. It got me really upset. I didn't want to do an episode about it because I didn't want to give her more airtime. But at the same time, I look at this and I'm like, so many people are going to think, like, oh, I'm just going to get the Harry Potter thing or whatever, you know, or so many people are going to be, you know, say, well, she's done so much other good. Like, can't we just let this thing go? Because she has done a lot of good. That is true. Um, but no, I can still judge her on this point and say that she is wrong um, and still enjoy Harry Potter. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about how we feel about enjoying Harry Potter after the fact, um, how we feel about the actors from Harry Potter, and um, about kind of separating the art from the artist, I guess. Yeah. You have any thoughts? A little bit of a happier topic I'm to just, end on. I So what I've done for the past two days is watch basically the entirety of The Good Place. And so I'm just like thinking about all the quotes about like, also, if anybody, if you have not watched, if you have not watched The Good Place, you must. That is your homework. I'm assigning homework. There is a lot you of philosophy in it. There's it's a really on good Netflix right now. It hasn't it. moved to Peacock yet. So I would recommend everybody go and watch it. But there's a quote from one of the characters, and it says, like, what do we have to lose by being nice to people? Or I guess in this case, being kind to people. Because there's definitely a yeah. difference between being nice and being kind. And unfortunately, that goes for people who are saying bigoted things as well. And I've just in talking about this, it's really easy to write people off. Like I was saying before, where it's like, this is who you are and that's who you're always going to be. For some people, that might be the case. And there's quotes from The mm -hmm. Good Place. This is from um, episode four. Or season four, episode six, where one of the characters says, what matters isn't if people are good or bad. What matters is if they're trying to be better than today than they were yesterday. And then there's the same character, two episodes later, says the point is people improve when they get external love and support. How can we hold it against them when they don't? So I've just been thinking a lot about how... Mm -hmm. I don't like when people use their power to and like a big following especially with social media and stuff mm -hmm. and you know people like jk rowling say these kind of things but at the same time i can't let go of the notion that that's how it has to be forever and i think that just has to do with how i want to view the world that's how i want mm -hmm. my worldview to be is that people do have the capacity to change people can get second third however many chances you know to a point yeah some people aren't going to change and that's something I have to yeah. 
see for myself whenever it's happening. But and, and everyone makes personal decisions about who they can give another chance to. That's just something yes. you have to kind of. You don't have to give chances if it with. doesn't work in your, you know, in your worldview. Yeah. But for me, it's 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 difficult to hear about people being marginalized, people being bullied, while also knowing that the bully deserves a different kind of redemption as well. Yeah. And that's a really complicated set of feelings to have. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I, I, when, when stuff first started coming out about JK Rowling and it was looking like maybe she's transphobic, I was like, I really hope it's just, I really hope it's just a mistake because not only do I know so many trans people who've gotten a lot from her books, but like I did as well. And I, we like Chris and I watch the movies every year and it's like, it's a thing, you know, like we, it's part of our, you know, it's part of our shared culture for like our demographic, you know, for you and for a lot of people, it's part of your formative years. It was a big part of your childhood when you were forming who you wanted to be as a human. Yeah. That's not a little thing. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a little thing. And it's, it's something that it's very hard to let go of. Um, and I, I was thinking about this the other day and I thought, okay, well, thinking back to back when we found out that Joss Whedon had been appropriate, inappropriate, sorry, not appropriate. Um, <laughs> when we found out he'd been inappropriate with a bunch of the women um, working on his set. And I thought, well, do I not watch Buffy? Do what, do I like not like what, what's the solution to this? Do I not watch the shows that I yeah. liked because he was involved in them? What do I do? But I decided, well, it's not fair. I I decided it's not fair to hold it against uh, all of the actors in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I can make sure that I don't give money that's going to go partially even back to Joss Whedon. You know, like I can spend my money in a way, you know, that I can, uh, I can, you know, or I can honestly i can watch things illegally like not downloading it myself because i don't do that but like i have access so uh so it's a thing where like i, I don't have also... to do that. and like and so i can still enjoy buffy without having to give him money and that's basically where i'm at with jk rowling is like i got a lot out of it like in my formative years and i still think there's a lot mm-hmm. of positivity to be gotten out of the books and the movies um also particularly for the movies because the actors um not only have like most of the main actors come out and said like i mean i respect her but she's wrong you know like pretty much yeah. all of them were like no trans women are women especially daniel radcliffe he actually saying like, like we don't way, align way before this. yeah and, and from way before daniel radcliffe had been a supporter of the trevor project um which right. which is a trans charity so like i i don't want to hold it against the actors who were in that movie yeah. uh the fact that like they couldn't have known that this was going to happen later. Like, like all by all accounts, she's this really nice, progressive, inclusive person. This is kind of Mm -hmm. one of the first times we've seen this. And like, maybe there's been more to it. Please educate me. Um, if there is more, more breadcrumbs down the trail that can kind of lead us to this, but like it, you know, all of those actors got blindsided because now they're associated with something that has this horrible, uh, tinge of transphobia to it because she is related. So, we still have- like like we own all. Sorry, I'm gonna just have one more thing. And okay, I'm gonna <laughs> let you talk. I'm sorry. I like I had like a couple things I wanted to hit because mm-hmm. I'll forget otherwise. Mm-hmm. But the like we have all of the movies. We've already bought them, so no more of our money um, is gonna go to her. But we can't. 
help the fact that it already has and we could watch these movies because she's not in them like it's literally just the actors you know so that at that point i'm i'm thinking that it's not me watching the harry potter movies isn't symbolism of supporting jk rowling me going and spending a bunch of money on a box set of new ones i don't know about that you know that's how i feel so there's i think i have like two and a half thoughts about this so mm -hmm. I think there's an important aspect of letting stories exist separate from the people who created them, mm -hmm. which sounds sacrilegious as somebody who wants to write books still. But at this point, Harry Potter's become its own thing. It's not 100% yeah. J.K. Rowling, even though she came up with everything, but it's taken on such a life of its own, especially with the internet, with Tumblr, with you know all the... Like, I've read a bunch of stuff where people were talking about, like, what if there had been a Slytherin champion instead of Cedric? And there's this really interesting, like, they take you through, like, oh, everything that would have been happened. so great. Because sorry, sorry as, as someone who grew up, like, trying to, you know, do the yeah. whole, like, this is my Hogwarts house thing. I've right. always been a Slytherin, and I've had people be like, but why? And I'm like, uh, not the result all they got a if if the Slytherin had been the one who had been sacrificed, like all the Slytherin kids would have had to deal with their parents dealing with that as Death Eaters. I'll send it to you. It's really interesting. But there's that, and then I've just been thinking yeah, about, like... Yeah, we can put like, that up on the webpage. When the shit was going down with Johnny Depp, and just thinking about all of the movies that he's been in that have been influential, and, like, all of the roles he's taken on, like, that... Those characters can exist outside of the actor. And I think it's also... So, like, with Buffy and stuff, with Harry Potter, those things, I think they, they're not entirely the people who made them. They're made yeah. up of a lot of other elements. So, Ooh. I think it's okay to keep... I have a... But, oh, I, I remembered. Mm -hmm. So, using this knowledge and knowing that, we have to consume this stuff knowing that we have to be better after it. So, Warner Brothers, whenever they show old cartoons that aren't exactly, like, kosher anymore. They have a little disclaimer yeah. at the front that says, like, this was made in a different time. If we erase it, it'll happen again. So we're showing you this to show how we need to become better. I think we need to keep that in mind with media, mm -hmm. movies, books, whatever, that this happened, it was influential, and then the author made a mistake. But if we don't talk about it, if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't keep talking about it, it's going to keep happening. Yeah, context is important. And and like, yeah, we've seen so many cycles of and I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this in the next uh, marijuana. Oh, I have another connection too. sorry. Um, we'll talk about this okay. in the next marijuana episode. I have another thing that I want to end with. This is kind of funny. Um, but okay. yeah, in the next uh, marijuana episode, we can talk about the cycles of racism that's linked to drugs. Because there's like different races that get, uh, there's different drugs that are vilified and they're connected with different races. And like historically, this has happened. It's been a thing. So, yeah, history If you want to learn itself. about that by yourself, <laughs> just look up a series of tweets that are, people ask, like, what's something that's considered um, criminal or like looked down upon when poor people do it, but it's okay whenever um, rich people do it? So, they talked about oh. tiny houses versus trailers, which are essentially the same thing. Yeah. Or drugs. I was gonna say opiates because they did like there's different there's poor people opiates and there's rich people opiates. Yes. Like, but it's the same shit. 
Uh, okay, so so there's two other things I want to talk about. Um, one of them is an illustration of a place where I don't think I can separate the art from the artist. Um, and another one is just like a fun fact, because um, J.K. Rowling didn't make up the word muggles. Um, and I can tell you about <laughs> one of the, the earlier what? meanings of muggles. Um, so I'm sure. we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so first, because this is important, um, then I just thought of it. So I think it's important uh, because it came out of my big brain and I'm so smart. But uh, Louis C.K., I think, is an example of someone. And I, th- I mentioned him before. Um, I might take that part out. But I mentioned him before. He is one of those people that I cannot separate the art from the artist because he victimized women that he had authority over. Um yeah. You can look it up, all that stuff. Um, but he, he victimized women that he had authority over. It wasn't like the, like, quote, quote unquote, worst possible way you can, but he did. And he used his power in a way that was really, really inappropriate. Um, and he did this, um, years after recording this segment that I fucking loved. I forget which special it's in, but I, even if I find out, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want people to go watch it. Um, because I don't support him because, you know, takes advantage of his power to harass women. But he did this segment in one of his stand-up shows about how it's amazing that women even date men because men are the most dangerous thing to women, historically. Uh-huh. Hypocrite much? <laughs> yeah. Talk about uh, manifest destiny, am I right? <laughs> yeah. So so that was something where, like, I, there's no way I can look back at that and think that this is a piece of funny feminist comedy coming from a dude, and I love it. You know, it there's hurts. no way I can look back at that. Yeah, it hurts because I remember seeing that um, as a young woman and thinking, like, oh, I'm so glad to see, like, a dude out there who's proving, like, white you can dude. do feminist – Yeah, a white cis dude who can – a straight dude as well um, – showing that you can do comedy that's like feminist and respectful of women and stuff and that it's still funny and that he still is hugely successful. Um, so seeing his fall from grace was really hard for me. So that's the thing where like, well, it's just him standing on a stage. Yes, I know other people produce that and everything, but like, it's not like a movie where I'm looking at, like, I know these actors support trans yeah. people and stuff, even if the person who created the story doesn't. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, and then I have like a fun fact to end. So, uh, I've been doing a lot of research about marijuana because I'm doing like multiple shows about it. Um, And historically muggles uh, was slang for marijuana cigarettes uh, in the 1920s. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, yep. (laughs) And Louis Armstrong has a song called muggles actually. So there's, there is like recorded evidence that the word muggles was used to mean marijuana cigarettes. Do you understand how much this comes around full circle? Because what do people in Britain sometimes call cigarettes now that's a slur in America? The F word. The F-A word. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) It's interesting. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, so I thought that was funny. And whether she knew that or not, honestly, it's kind of funny either way. Like, doesn't I don't matter. Really I'm not going to give her that much It, it doesn't matter to the story. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I kind of don't think that she knows drug history. It might have just been like a random saying, jumble of sounds and she saying, didn't look it up. <laughs> all I'm saying, J.K. Simmons better keep his shit together because I can't. I know, right? With no- I can't deal using... with these. Yeah. I thought about if I ever become, if I ever was going to publish something like fiction, I was going to do the J.K. Rowling thing and just be H.A. Collins. And now I'm like, I am not using any initials because I can't trust it. That's apparently, 
<laughs> That's funny because I've started signing my name, like my signature, because I have to sign in every morning at work. I've just been signing yeah. RCO because it's too long. I'm just like, I can't do this right now. Your, your I, I haven't practiced are, it in cursive. Your, your initials are Rosie on the cob because it's our cob. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay anyway well, we're, uh, well yeah i guess we'll get to intersectional well, th- femininity next time <laughs> this is so irritating because it was literally supposed to be like i wanted to talk about jk rowling's uh her essay on her website which originally was called turf wars and she's changed it by the uh, way but um but she, yeah i wanted to talk about that for like 20 minutes and then spend the rest <laughs> of the time talking about like you know good feminism resources and like you know what intersectional feminism is but we can do that on another day we can I'm do that sorry. on thursday i don't know or my meds today a different day remember to take your meds go take yeah, your meds take right your now meds. if you haven't <laughs> And I think we can end by saying you can still appreciate and take what you need <laughs> from Harry Potter. But keep in mind that you need to be um, cognizant of what you're intaking and where it's coming yeah. from. You need to do your research. Yeah. And, and, and just understand, like, if a story means something to you, you don't have to abandon it just because the person who wrote it was a jerk um, or, like, is being a jerk in, in any way. And trans people, I hope you still get value from the story because I think there still is, particularly in the movies, because in the movies, I mean, that's, there's so many actors there who don't deserve to, you know, not have their movie watched just because. This is, this so. is not a turf podcast. We are not turfs, trans nope. people. All people are people. I don't care. Yes, this is, well, a, I do this care. is a trans friendly podcast. This is, this I is care a people how you identify and I want to respect and honor what you identify as or who you identify as. Yes. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Non-binary people are valid. And JK Rowling is fear-mongering. So. Yeah. That's what we got. (sighs) Go eat some ice cream. Got anything else? (laughs) Okay. Go get some ice cream. We're both hot mad. So for my shout outs for this. Yes, I do. My major shout out is uh, Jamie Raines. His. Uh, his channel is uh, Jamie Dodger. Um, also, Samantha Lux. She has a good video on this as well. Um, but Jamie Dodger, um, uh, Jamie and Shaba did a really good like hour-long video talking about this whole thing. Um, and they are both doctoral researchers, so they have really, really good um, research that they that is all on their website. So I will link that up for people. But go ahead and check them out. Jan- Jamie Dodger and Samantha Lux and uh, ooh, and Cat Black. Um, from is also another YouTuber who I use some information from as well. Uh, and she is a black trans woman on YouTube. I wanted to make sure I had a lot of representation in all of this as well. So, so yeah, so go watch those people. Also, if you have anything to say to us, hopefully nice things, uh, <laughs> or questions or maybe, uh, requests for topics, you can send it to vkoepod at gmail.com you can message us on instagram or just go there and follow us we are uh, vkoe underscore pod uh, and our website is a vague knowledge of everything.com and we are on patreon at www.patreon.com backslash a vague knowledge of everything so yeah um i'm gonna give a shout out to the good place 
And they also have a podcast where they break down episodes about, like, where they got their ethical considerations and, like, all their research and, like, how they did a really good job at saying really important stuff in a way that's very accessible to everybody. So I would recommend everybody go watch the podcast or watch, listen to the podcast, watch the show. I watched the, <laughs> I thought it was over. And then there was an se- hour long series finale that I didn't realize was coming. And then I was not emotionally prepared because I thought it was over and I had made peace with that. And then another episode started and I was like, oh no, I was a mess. I cried a lot. <laughs> it, they really go to the bitter end. It's very well, interesting. They go to the happy end. <laughs> yeah, they go to the happy end. Okay, that, I think that's good for today. Go watch The Good Place. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, hi, I'm Rosie, and facts matter, J.K. Rowling. I'm Hope, and now that you know better, please be better, everybody. J.K. Rowling. Yes, and everyone.